hello again, and welcome back to the unofficial Lipscomb Alumni Podcast. Andrew Glass here, and so happy you've joined me once again for some action-packed Bison's news and conversation with your cohorts and comrades from the LU days. Today's going to be a blast as I'm catching up with a Phi Sigma and Singarama legend, Kristen Maxwell. These days, she's teaching English in the Kansas City public school system. Her focus is on ESLs, or English as another language. And by the way, if you didn't know, KC is Kristen's old stomping grounds. Let's jump on in here to part one, talking about growing up in KC, of course, and being her sister's keeper. Tiffany, Kristen's sister, had cerebral palsy and was a paraplegic. She'll share memories about them singing in telethons, hanging out with all the kids at her mom's daycare, reading the exciting adventures of the boxcar children and the babysitter's club, and having a Clueless-themed birthday party. We'll chat about the Church of Christ, where she actually worked, had business cards, and a key to the church, the whole shebang, also marching band and theater, and going to Impact in the summers, which led her to choosing Lipscomb over Harding and Oklahoma Christian. She gets to Lipscomb and talks about living in Fanning and Elam, Quest Week, changing her major like four or five times, and favorite professors like Dr. John Conger, Mark Black, George Goldman, and John Mark Hicks. Phi Sigma Nation. We got all the dolphin antidotes here for the Navy and Red Women's Social Club. It was there that she was historian and became somewhat of a camera woman for hire around campus. She was also Singarama director and quite a good one, as a matter of fact, and she loved mission trips to Scotland and Jamaica. It did come time to graduate, and we'll talk about puppets because that's the natural thing that comes to mind when you think of graduating college. But don't worry, she didn't become a professional puppeteer, but she did end up teaching at Nashville Christian School. All right, let's jump into some music here on the front end. Got a little fun number here from the artist Daze, that's D-A-Z-E, featuring vocalist Girl Is Tough. From their 2012 album Foundations, this one is called New York 1984. And on the back end, we'll hear from Han. We've heard their stuff many times. Again, that's H-O-N-N-E. This is a single released in 2020 called No Song Without You. And our official spokesman, Denny Moran, is always here. He's so reliable, and he's going to read the official disclaimer about the unofficial Lipscomb Alumni podcast. Denny, go ahead and read that for us. Thank you. I am not an elected representative of Lipscomb University. I am not an employee of Lipscomb University. I am no way sponsored or endorsed by Lipscomb University. This podcast has no affiliation with the school, the administration, the faculty, staff, students, ETC. My only affiliation is that I am an alum of the school. I do not receive any funding or compensation from Lipscomb University, its donors, or any entity. The podcast represents the views and opinions of Andrew Glass and my guests on the show. The content here is for entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed in this show are my own and my guests and do not reflect or represent that of Lipscomb University in any way. All right. And with that out of the way, we'll go ahead and move forward. We're going to hear a little bit of New York 1984 from the artist Days. And here's part one of my conversation with Kristen Maxwell. Crush them now, be ready for some fun No love song 
fun thing here and we kind of just talked about it before we're officially getting started we like know who each other are because we overlapped a little bit and like i knew some of the girls in phi sigma that were younger than you and probably ended up knowing them better and then you know that kind of thing but at lipscomb you you kind of get to know like almost like four or five years above you and then four or five years after you in some kind of way so this is cool just to kind of get to know your story. And uh, yeah. So where does it all start? Like, where'd you grow up and why'd you grow up there? What'd your parents do? All that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Mission, Kansas, which is a suburb of Kansas City. Um, my parents, my mom stayed home with us for most of my um, childhood. I had an older sister who uh, was a quadriplegic and had cerebral palsy. And so, um, childcare for her was pretty much impossible to find. Um, and yeah. so my mom stayed home with us and then I have two younger siblings. My dad worked all sorts of jobs when I was growing up. Um, yeah. he was like a lineman at the airport for a while. And then my parents owned a cleaning company. Like that's what I like in middle school, they owned like an office cleaning company and aviation cleaning. Mm. And so they would, um, like clean big office buildings and like private airplanes. And so I would get drug along to help. Um, that was middle school right there. Um, yeah. And then um, as I got older, my dad started working in management costs at Costco. And my mom um, went back to work because my sister was able to stay with other people and became um, an asset manager. So she like still does that and makes her like software and hardware copyrights are not infringed on for big yeah. companies. Um, so, That's what your yeah. mom ended up doing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So completely yeah. opposite from staying at home with four small children. Um, she works in spreadsheets and compliance and stuff that makes me want to go to sleep. Um, right. So, yeah. So you were, you were saying that your sister had cerebral palsy um, mm -hmm. or, or has cerebral palsy. Is she still, she's still with us? Um, she passed away about three months ago. And so like right before Christmas. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So Did she not, was, didn't know that. yeah, she's older than me or was um, 16 months older than me. And so most of like all of my growing up was colored by having a sister in a wheelchair. Um, it made for some really fun things. Like all like during rush, my fun, two of my fun facts would always be um, we never waited in line at Disney World because my sister went as a wish kid. So we got to hop to the front of all of the lines. 
And yeah. then um, we sang on telethons when I was small. And so uh, like we PBS would, kind of stuff. Like there was like an organization in Kansas City called United Cerebral Palsy and uh-huh. then another one called the Dream Factory. And they would go on like the local news channels and they'd run these telethons all day and there'd be like clowns and jugglers. And we were in a choir full of disabled children and their siblings. Okay. <laughs> so we would sing on TV. Um, what were some of the songs that you would sing? See, like I remember singing um, The House at Pooh Corner. Like, I don't even know who sang it, where it came from. At Pooh then, Corner? Uh huh, like P O O H, about like Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh. Um, okay. And I've then, never heard of that song. <laughs> I, the only reason I did is because I think we sang it on TV. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, just random weird kid ish songs. Um, with a bunch of kids with disabilities and their siblings. I, yeah. I guess we were cute. There's allegedly videotapes of it somewhere. Yeah. Well, we'd love to see them. Um, <laughs> we'll share them. Um, wow. And so, you know, being as that I spent probably the majority of the time uh, researching your LinkedIn, I did not know that. So um, thanks for rolling with the punches there. Me yeah. asking that question. Uh, you didn't skip a beat, but um, I know... <laughs> With her just passing, what did you say, 16 months ago? That's, oh, oh, no, like six, three months ago. Three months ago. I yeah, don't know where so, I got the 16. I so, I mean, that's okay. so... We're 16 months apart. That's where you got 16 it months apart. Yeah. I mean, so. it's, it's fresh, though, um, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much so. It was pretty unexpected. And so uh, that's hard. But it's also, she was, especially as we were getting close to the end of her life, was having a lot more health complications and mm-hmm. so um she's not in pain anymore which is a good thing gotcha yeah um so growing up with her um did that make you so much more aware of people with physical disabilities or oh yeah um so much more i don't know what the word would be like just l- looking at them in a completely different light than some of us who don't have that yeah. every day in our lives Yeah. Like my mom. So when we were little, she was home with us. And so she would babysit other kids with disabilities. Uh And so like my first, one of my first friends was a kid named, I don't know if this was his real name or a family nickname, but his name was Biff and he had spina bifida. And I'm like, I really hope that was a nickname. (laughs) Wow. um, And like either that or the parents were very big back to the future fans. I'm not positive, but um, like we would sit on a little trampoline and play duck hunt together and like Mario brothers and stuff. And then like another little girl had brittle bone disease and was always over at our house. And so it was just like people that were different than me were just kind of par for the course, mm-hmm. um, which I'm really grateful for. Like I, you know, would I have loved my sister to have been able bodied and been able to like do all the things sisters do 100%. But I also I'm so grateful because I wouldn't like love people and care for people and be as empathetic as I am without that experience. Yeah. Do do you think that, uh, I know like chronologically we're, we're already kind of jumping around here, which is great. (laughs) I love when this happens. Might Uh, make your job harder. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, this is great. Um, so kind of seeing as your life went in such an area of like, service as you know your vocation you know in a lot of ways 
do you think that that upbringing with your sister and um being around you know the kids that your mom ran in daycare do you think that just like uh readied your heart for the work that you would do later oh yeah 100 percent. like i it was very easy for me to fall in with um people that were different than me had to have the patience to stop and listen tiffany had um really like garbled speech just because her cerebral palsy caused extra spasticity. And so like her tongue and her mouth didn't quite work right. And so that helped me a whole lot. I work with non-native speakers. And so most of the time I can figure out what they're trying to say. Um, And it's kind of blame Tiffany because it's like, I've spent my whole life trying to decode (laughs) um, speech that doesn't quite make sense to everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. Was it... um something with her, uh, speech, you know, when she would talk, uh, would you be super, you know, by the time you guys got into middle school and high school, you know, were you always like, Hey, I'm going to wait till she finishes exactly what she's trying to say. Or would you kind of step in and go, are you trying to say this? Yeah, there was some predicting. Um, (laughs) you just kind of figure it out. We like, especially elementary school, we spent like everything I did, Tiffany did minus like sports, but like, if I, we were in the same girl scout troop. If I, we sang in the, you know, kids church choir together, we, um, she went, you know, went to camp, went, did all the things, uh, you know, I'd push her to Sunday school class. Um, so it was very much, um, like, yeah, I was my sister's keeper to an extent, um, growing up, which, Sometimes I resented a little, you know, especially those middle school years. But for the most part, it was I just didn't know any different. And so mm-hmm. just kind of rolled with it. Sounds like you guys were super tight, though. Yeah. 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 It. Yeah. Very. Um, so well, we'll definitely come back to talking more about Tiffany um, as we move along. But then you also said you have other siblings as well. Yeah, I have a younger. younger yeah. Yes. A younger brother. He was at Lipscomb for a semester. Okay. Um, I don't remember which semester it was because he's yeah. two years two years younger than me. Um, and then a younger sister that's another year younger than him. So there were four of us in five years. And uh, she went to Lipscomb or did not? No, did not. Okay. Yeah, my youngest sister like married right out of high school. And so, okay. um, yeah, she didn't go to college right away. She's done it since then, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you, with kind of a, a, a myriad of, you know, younger sister, younger brother, um, Tiffany, who's, you know, has cerebral palsy and you like, did you guys often do a lot of things together? You mentioned that you and her were in the same Girl Scout group and all that, but, um, yeah. was it, was it all four siblings like doing things and playing and imagining and doing things together? Or was it no, 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 not so much. I, yeah. I mean, occasionally like. If we were at home, yes. Like my parents, when we were growing up, we had a huge unfinished basement and my mom would just like stick the three of us younger ones down here. And, um, like we play like hockey with our roller blades and like, (laughs) they didn't care what we did. So we'd get out the crayons and color on the walls and the floor. Um, they finished it since then, but, um, I'm sure if someone ever takes off 
the drywall will be surprised at all sorts <laughs> of fun drawings. But um, yeah, yeah the th- it, we were very much neighborhood kids. And so it would be like my mom just kind of kicked us outside. Uh, my younger siblings had more peers close to their age in our neighborhood. But like my best friends lived a block and a half away. And so it was very much just like, oh, we'll run around to the corner to the at, to Allie's house. Or um, I would t- like, this is the thing that kills me. And I just, it blows my mind that my mom did this, but I'd take off walking with Tiffany in like third grade. We live, so the city we live in has like a main drag um, that's kind of small towny. And mm-hmm. so there was like a Kinko's and a hair salon and a um, burger place and a bookstore. And we would like, it was a used bookstore and I'd take Tiffany in the summers, especially. And we just walked down to the used bookstore and trade out books because they would let you do that. Um, and I was like third grade, I was like eight years old. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, you sent me loose with a wheelchair. Different times. <laughs> yes, you know. very much so. But I'm just like, I can't even imagine like my eighth grade nephew doing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think there's something to be said for like, the you know parents may or may not be a little more hovering these days than they were i think like our parents um you know we're certainly like hey just like get out there and make mistakes and like fall out of the tree and you know whatever um so yeah same thing i mean not quite to that extent you're talking about but i can definitely remember like my parents letting me and my friends like ride our bikes to arby's which was you know, a good, you know, 10 minutes away from the house, you know, that kind of thing. Um, not inside the neighbor, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just kind of, um, could be adventuresome, but so it was like a suburb though. Yeah. 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 So we're a suburb of Kansas city, Mm um, probably about 15 minutes away from downtown. Um, like you would compare it to Nashville suburb of what? Um, I mean, it's tiny. So that's okay. what's hard to like, like Smyrna, um, maybe even a little smaller. Okay. So like we are like almost a suburb of a suburb. So like you've probably heard of Overland Park, mm-hmm. Kansas. There's oh. been a, we're a bunch of us from there. Um, that's what like when pledges memorized information, I just had them memorize Overland Park. Um, yeah. and so like, I grew up in a suburb of that suburb, basically. So like Overland Park's more like a Brentwood size or Mm. even Franklin, like a bigger suburb. And then like Mission was like little teeny one. Okay. So let's, let's uh, talk about your like favorite things as a kid, like, you know, your go-to Nickelodeon show was what and the movie you watched and I'm talking let's let's call it fifth grade sixth grade you know that kind of thing maybe you Um, can go younger too I would say sixth grade I did have a clueless birthday party we went to the movie theater and saw (laughs) clueless so that kind of was a big thing um I was more of a reader than I was a like TV movie watcher, which I still am, which makes me a little bit more of a nerd. But like I had the entire like Boxcar Children collection, the entire Babysitter Club um, mm. collection, like subscribe, like there was like a membership club where you'd get more books in the mail every month. So was I'd it get, like, like scholar uh, scholastic? 
yeah, it was like scholastic adjacent. So it wasn't mm-hmm. through school, but it would like show up in the mail once a month and you'd get three more books and I would read them very quickly because that's what I did as yeah. a child. Yeah. So. Uh, do you remember, so Clueless, do you remember like who your favorite was of the, the three girls? I just really liked her closet. <laughs> so you were into clothes? Um, Sort of, I guess. Like, okay. it was just seemed like so cool to have that many options. Yeah. I was the kid that just wanted lots and lots of options. And so that, I think, partnered with the organization of it uh-huh. was very appealing to sixth grade me. Yeah. That's, what about um, Clarissa Explains It All? Oh, yes. Yes. That was a great one. Yeah. That was a great one. I did watch a lot of this. And then if we're throwing back even further, Blossom. Ooh, throwing it, throwing it too, too far for that. me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was like one that I don't know if I should have watched, but I was watching it anyway. Kind of situation may have been a little too young for it, but yeah, my parents hey. didn't have a lot of TV rules other than don't watch The Simpsons. So, um. <laughs> so interesting because same. I think like a lot of church kids, that was a no no. Yeah, and then you watch it as an adult, you're like, this is like pretty pretty smart you know or yeah. whatever um so did you guys go to a church of christ there in yes. Overland park or outside yeah of it? yeah yeah so I, my like as a little tyke i was at gladstone church of christ which is just a small small church and then when I, we hit like school age ish my parents um moved over to Overland park church of christ which is where i grew up from about second first second grade on um mm-hmm. and like elementary school we were like on and off in terms of doing stuff and church attendance and involvement but then um I hit high school and jumped in with two feet kind of thing I actually worked for our church my senior year um they paid two of us to be youth ministry interns for the full year which I pretty much was a glorified secretary. Um, yeah. I did a lot of mailings, but I had a key to the church and I had business cards. Um, and a church Very impressive for a high school senior yeah. to have and business so cards. I, you know, I'm a young, I was a young one on my grade. So like I'm 16 years old and I have business cards. Yeah. So um, it's pretty, it's pretty fancy. So um, yeah. What when you talk about like the size of that church relative to like some yeah. of these Nashville churches around here, we all know where would you kind of put it? Um, at its so Oki at its biggest, I think was like 1200 ish. It's okay. gotten smaller recently. Um, I think I don't go there, yeah. um, these days, but churches of Christ in the Midwest are not much of a thing. Um, like growing up when I would try to explain to someone what church I went to, I'd be like, well, we're kind of like the Baptists, but we care more about baptism and don't have instruments. Um, And that was like how I would explain things because anyone that did have church of Christ connotations, it was like, oh, it's a cult. Um, And so that was hard to explain. And even into adulthood, um, you know, I'll run into people and they're like, oh, where did you grow up? And I'll explain them. It's like, okay, hold on. Let me, you know, <laughs> explain to you. It's not a cult. It's not, you know, here. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's a, a little uh, less, a lot less known than it would be in the South. Like, yeah. Here. And yeah. so would you have considered it like once you got to Nashville and went to some of the churches that I'm sure you visited and attended through school, would you have said it was like a pretty conservative church environment? No, okay. we, I would say, uh, I, and again, I can't speak to what either church is doing now, but like more like an Otter Creek ish. Okay. So like in terms of churches of Christ, like not super liberal, but also not, you know, um, now they have an instrumental service. Um, women sometimes speak from the pulpit kind of thing. Mm. So oh, my. It is, oh, my. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> mercy. Lord have I mercy. I have words. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, awesome. Did your parents um, still go there? No. They don't. No. They, um, I guess, about seven or eight years ago, um, moved over to a, just a non-denominational community church, not too far from our house. That's um, just a little bit smaller and a better fit for who they are in the season of life they're in and things. So yeah, yeah it's, it was a great place to grow up. Um, and I learned a lot and I'm grateful for the opportunities it gave me and the friendships it gave me. Um, and the business so. cards. And the business cards, which yeah, I still probably have one floating around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so youth group was a, a part of your identity, obviously, and yeah. and being on quote unquote staff at the church. Um, as you got into high school and moved through high school, like what was kind of your crowd and like your um, involvement and like yeah. that kind of thing? Um, I was a band and theater kid, and so okay. I played the saxophone and marched in the marching band for all four years, and then. Alto um, or uh, yes, okay, alto. alto. Yeah, um, and then I loved marching band. Like I just thought it was so much fun. But when else do you get to hang out with all your friends all the time? Um, mm. And then I did a lot of theater stuff, but I was not on stage for most of it. I did like our theater program gave a lot of leadership to students, and so I did a lot of stage management and. Um, like leading different crews and organizing and bossing around other students pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely more of like the offstage production. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. More so so running around in the back. Nice. So like both of those things, which, you know, my school is so small, we didn't have a marching band. And then, um, man, I don't even, maybe we had a couple of theater productions. It was like super small, private, like, like Nashville Christian. Gotcha. Uh, but um, but the kids that I knew who went to public school that were into marching band, like it had like a cult-like status to it, you know, yeah. that's very like, we love like these two a days, you know, getting up early, doing that, being yeah. there at night. And then like their weekends are, you know, you see like a big high school, like semi truck going down the road with like yeah. all of the timpani drums and like yeah. everything. So was you, that the level you guys were at? We weren't quite that intense, but close. Like it right. would be like 6 a.m. practice in the morning. Like my poor parents before I could drive because um, someone had to take me to school. Yeah. And then we'd like our school was on block scheduling. So we'd practice like from 6 a.m. through first block. So like from six to nine, okay. like three mornings a week. And then we'd have Thursday, I think it was Thursday, 
one night a week night rehearsal and then football games on Friday and then festivals on Saturday. So it was, I mean, from August to about the end of October, it was pretty packed, um, but fun. I mean, those were some of my best high school memories. Yeah. I feel like one of the coolest things about band, whether it's concert band or marching band, like you do get to travel probably more now. I don't want to say these days because these days, like we're going to Memphis to play this team. But like, I feel like back in the day that was like, you get to go to the big city. Like maybe you guys went to another big city, like St. Louis to do something or. Ours were most often at colleges. Okay. And so we'd end up in like, um, you know, we're in Kansas. So we go to Warrensburg, which is where the university of central Missouri is or Lawrence where university of Kansas. We did my freshman year, um, go to Orlando and we played in the, one of the bowl parades and went mm-hmm. to Disney world and did all the things they drove us there on a bus though. Um, from was, Kansas, from Kansas. It was wow. like a 36 or something stupid hour trip. Um, oh, man. I don't recommend it. Um, sounds awful. It was painful. Um, did you, this is, this is an awkward question. Did you have a band boyfriend? I did not. No I was too busy. Um, taking names and taking care of things. Yeah. <laughs> so similar personality traits. You were, you were managing people in band and in theater. Pretty much. I was just, yeah. Organizing people. What I did. Love it. Well, uh, how did Lipscomb get on your radar? Was it because of the, the church of Christ that you went to? Was that yeah. pretty much? Yeah. Right? Our youth group, it seemed like we had a pretty decent sized youth group. Most of our graduating classes were like, 12 to 18 kids just depending on the year and so it seemed like we went in waves so the couple years before me and then like a year or two after me I think there were about 20 of us at one point in time um that went from Overland Park down to Lipscomb the year or two after us became ACU um became the cool place and so I looked at Harding and Oklahoma Christian um Oklahoma Christian got knocked off pretty quick because they accepted me before I sent them a transcript or an ACT score. And I was like, "Mm." these people may be a little desperate. I said, that doesn't seem too promising. (laughs) And so Lipscomb won out just because I had gone to my cousin's wedding. He went to Harding and I just couldn't see myself doing Cersei. Yeah. It was just too small. And then, um, the year I went, like Michael Bomarito, Kirsten Boyder, um, Travis Dawkins, Amber Deal went, Paige Portell was already there. Um, a bunch of older, uh, like a whole bunch of older kids were already there. So it was just easy, honestly. Like, is Paige <laughs> Ashley's sister? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're from, He's, they're from your area. Yes. Yeah. Okay. These pages a year older than me. And then Ashley's two years younger than me, I think. So. Cool. So you didn't even consider Abilene. It, no, like yeah. that wasn't on my radar. Texas yeah. didn't seem appealing. Um, yeah. So. So did you do a campus visit at all to Lipscomb? Um, one. I went like I flew out in like February, I think. Uh-huh. And stayed 
in Elam on someone's floor and their room was like super stale smelling. Like that's the only thing I remember about their room. Uh, And they did like a, yeah, exactly. An event in Shamblin and a campus tour. Like, um, yeah, it didn't like nothing sticks out from the visit. It was just kind of one of those like, oh, okay. Yeah, I could go here. Um, So yeah, it didn't, it didn't overly like capture you like the square and um and nothing yeah. like that no yeah. it was just kind of like all right this feels like doable i like that the campus wasn't huge like a lot of my experiences around here like you go out to ku and it's a massive state school so the campus is gigantic and you're in you know huge classes and that wasn't something that was appealing to me at all do you feel like knowing so many people from your hometown or home church that we're going was a big factor. Oh yeah. 100%. That was a huge selling point. Um, it was just easier to have like someone to fly back and forth with. And, um, you know, like one of my friends had a key to my car the first two years. Cause it was like, well, if I get locked out of it, someone else can help me out. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was just nice having that community there. And so, we did come, I grew up going to impact too. And so okay. I had been, yeah. so you guys yeah. would go to impact from Kansas every year. Okay. Yeah. We drive. So we'd leave like two days before it started drive to uh, Mount Vernon, Illinois and spend the night at a holiday in there at like same one every year and then <laughs> drive the rest of the way into Nashville. Um, and so we did impact. I went three years, I think. So that also was kind of a, definitely a, contributing factor because it was I was familiar with the campus from that I loved 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 my time at impact um our youth group was one of those pain youth groups that like would stay out after the curfew and would get yelled at but our youth minister was just kind of like yeah we're gonna do whatever we want to do kind of thing um yeah that that would have been before they um before the arena was built right yeah it was in alumni okay so it was small enough at the time where they could cram everybody in there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So when you finally got to Lipscomb, did you decide to go back to the Elam nasty floor or? Uh, <laughs> no, I lived. So I lived my first semester in Fanning. And that's what it, yeah. You, you did say Elam was the one with yeah. the nasty floor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I saw that. So you, so you I went to Fanning. My, yeah, I went into Fanning um, just because that's where freshmen live. Like it was really, you had to know someone to get a spot in Elam as a freshman when mm-hmm. I came in. Um, and so we were there and then we came back from Thanksgiving break and our like heater air conditioner in our closet had broke and like flooded our entire room. Oh, no. And so my roommate and I were both kind of like, eh. so we put in for... Uh, we moved it semester from Fanning over to Elam. So like the world's tiniest room in Elam, like we had to bunk our beds and barely had room for two desks. Like there were like four square feet of floor space. I feel like Emily Harden told me about this room in Elam. It's like a corner room that mm-hmm. really should just be a closet. <laughs> Was it like basically underneath of it, like kind of near a staircase or underneath yeah. the staircase? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I think Emily told me about that room on the podcast. Um, yeah. It was very close, very close quarters. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But we actually got into Elam, which we felt pretty cool about. And so yeah. that worked. Um, so, well, and it, yeah. So that would have been, is that 2002? Yeah, that would have been, we moved into Elam at the beginning of 2003. Well, so, okay, yeah. yeah. So I 2002 think. was your freshman yes. year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you remember like, you know, first week of school, like quest week meeting first people you met that you didn't yeah. know? Yeah. I was in, I think, a, like, so Christina Haggerty Parnell mm-hmm. was my quest team leader. And so, um, or yeah. So I don't remember who her partner was, but uh, I ended up, you know, getting close to the Haggerty's through school. And so it was fun to look back on things and be like, oh yeah, that's where I met you. Um, Jenny Callis Slaughter, who ended up being one of my good friends. And I think Sarah Wise, they were also in my our small group. Like, so it's just funny how all that works out. Owen Slaughter was around too. And then Ben Holmes. Oh. Um, and then Michael Bomarito, because we did a lot. I mean, we did a lot of stuff together coming from home. And so, yeah. Who was the girl that Ben Holmes married? Um... She was like really like small, like and short, and she had like crazy curly hair. Isn't that? I have no idea. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I, say, I have no idea. Those were like some of that was kind of freshman friend stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the people that it's like, hey, we're gonna be best friends for life together. <laughs> uh, and some of it that I mean, like Jenny and Sarah, I still see them at least once or twice a year. Um, mm-hmm. Not quite everyone else, though. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely, uh, Lipscomb does a good job of just kind of like making people interact with each other when yeah. you get there. Um, yeah. And then you have like no idea, idea that you're like, yeah, like in one week, I'm like never going to see this person again. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. It's fun to look back on because it's like I hung out some with Fawn Bauer. She was one of my sweet mates and daily and like. Mm-hmm. These are all the people that it was like, oh, yeah, we were freshman friends. <laughs> yeah. Have both, I've interviewed Fawn. Haven't released it yet, but I've interviewed Daily. Yeah. Um, so, wow, we got three of the four sweet mates. <laughs> well, Fawn was my sweet. Daily wasn't. Oh, okay. Um, so. Gotcha. Um, do, you, do you have any, not that you would be able to recall, but do you have any, like, freshman stories that are like, um, this is something so silly and innocent we did like first semester that you know was so lipscomb i don't have like many of those i am very much a rule follower um yeah so if it was anything risky it was kind of like i'm good um and that included abiding by curfew yes 100 percent. you were there like i was that person yeah yeah (laughs) So I don't think I broke curfew, but maybe once. Um, I know (laughs) you broke your perfect streak. I'm an Enneagram one. We really like, are you? Yeah. There is no cutting corners with you. (laughs) No. Well, what about uh, your major? Did you like jump in to something immediately or did you Um, try something and switch? So I was going to be a Bible major. Okay. Um, I, 
in a, in a denomination great. where women. I, yes, I know. <laughs> Didn't make much sense. I'm not yeah. saying it would have been a very lucrative career. Uh, <laughs> it bon, hasn't been. Bond's been out there doing ministry. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, I was going to be a Bible major, but then I took Greek and that did not go well. Hmm. Um, part of that was because I did not know how to study, but part of it was because I liked people too much hmm. and decided not to study because yeah. <laughs> who would study when you can hang out with people? Um, you took Greek like first year? Yes. Which wow. also I'm kind of like, that may have been an advising Ooh. fail on aggressive. <laughs> whoever told me to do that. I took 18 hours. My first semester of freshman year, five of them were Greek. I would not recommend it to anyone. Um, so bizarre. Whatever advisor. So, yeah. Well, and then I got food poisoning. Um, I had done, I'd been a part of like a drama improv group that like died, I think my freshman year. And we would go to youth rallies and we went to, I only went to one. Um, and ended up with food poisoning from it and owen slaughter was on it as well um and like the whole group got food poisoning and i ended up like having to go get an iv because i was that sick Um, but it so it wasn't from sodexo food it was from no it was from the youth rally yeah and so this was like the third or fourth week of my freshman year i mean it was horrible Um, so this wasn't fog no it was the precursor to that and um it had been around for a little while beforehand. There were a couple of people that I had known that were older than me that had been a part of it. But um, after the food poisoning event, I was like, I don't think I need to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's funny. It. So you took the Greek. Was yeah. that with like, was that with like, I don't think Lee Camp teaches it, but uh, it was Dr. Goldman. Yeah, that's who I meant. So yeah. You're with Dr. Goldman. He's like very serious teacher. And you're like, man, I can't do this. Yep. So you're yep. decided to move to something else. Yes. Yeah. So I then was like, oh, I'll go be an elementary ed major. And I took a couple classes and was bored out of my mind. Um, I was like, I can't do this for three more years. So I <laughs> then was like, maybe I'll be, you know, and I'm like, I look back now, I'm like, that was really expensive exploration, Kristen. Um, but um, then I was like, maybe I'll like, it was right when they were starting the partnership with the Vanderbilt for nursing school. It's like, maybe I'll think about like nursing school. Um, I like helping people. And so I took first aid uh, thinking like, okay, we'll see. You know, I have really no feelings about this with my sister. I spent a lot of time at like hospitals and doctor's offices growing up, but like hadn't really thought about it in my teenage years. So I took first aid and they were in class and I can't remember the guys who taught, guy taught it, but we, it was like up in the classrooms above the sack. And oh yeah. Kinesiology world. Up yes, there. Yeah. yes. And so he's teaching about the stages of shock and he's sitting there pouring red Kool-Aid between all these clear containers and talking about like, Hey, if you lose this much blood, you know, you start breaking out in cold sweats. And if you lose this much blood, and you started describing the stages of shock based on how much blood you lose. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave class because I was starting to experience such stages of shock. Like I was like lightheaded and <laughs> like cold yeah. sweats. And so I went and like sat on the floor of one of the bathrooms in the sack. And I called my mom. I'm like, you know, 
my brick cell phone. I'm like, hey, if I stop talking, call Lipscomb and tell him where I am because I've passed out in the bathroom. Like the sack locker room bathroom? Um, it was no, it was a second floor bathroom. Oh, it was okay, a very okay. clean bathroom. Okay. Um, I was but, worried you had decided yeah, to yeah, no. sit on the um, locker room floor. That would be disgusting. Yeah. That would um, be. But yeah, so then I decided nursing wasn't a thing. So then I started looking like, okay, what can I do and actually graduate in um, a decent time? time. <laughs> and so family relations won. Um, yeah. And it was a, like, I had taken enough classes in the same vein that I wasn't like super far behind. Um, so I ended up majoring in family relations, had a minor in Bible. I still did most of the classes for a Bible major, just didn't do the second semester of Greek because, well, you can't pass the first one. Uh, yeah. So is so. family relations part of like, uh, is that part of like the psychology department? I don't know where it lives now. Yeah. When I was there, it was like in the Department of Family and Consumer Sciences. So like home ec, um, basically. And it was like interior design, fashion merchandising, clothing construction, um, di- the dietetics, and uh-huh. then like hospitality management and then family relations were all like, I think it was just like, well, these are all things you do around the house. Sort of ish. <laughs> Let's put them together and call it a department. Who were the um, teachers? Oh goodness! Almost all of my classes were taught by Dr. Conger. Um, oh okay. And so I, outside of that, really don't remember any of the other ones because he taught all but like I think I had a one psychology professor for one of my classes. Um, I had to take death and dying. And I, uh, Roy Ham- Hamley, maybe? Oh, yeah, Roy Hamley. Yeah, like amazing yeah. hair. Um, yes. Yeah, took everybody to the funeral home. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I had him for one class, but for the most part, it was DC. Um, and he, he taught like our whole slew of classes. So it was always the exact same people in all the classes with the same teacher. So, Dr. Conger. Yes. I think. You'll share my opinion here, but I think he's an amazing guy. Yeah, he was. I mean, it was very fun to have him for all of my classes. Um, yeah. And so it was, we got to know him. Um, we went over to his house, like our whole, there were like eight of us that graduated the semester I did. Um, and so we did a lot of stuff together and had all of our classes together we had a pretty tight group which is a lot of fun mm-hmm. um yeah he was a was a good he was just real chill real laid back um i skipped a lot of his classes <laughs> and, and and he was he was cool with it yeah. um do a lot of people in family relations go into kind of a social work route or is social work a major we offer that's different yeah. Yeah, social work's different. I honestly wish I would have done social work. Yeah. Because it's a lot more marketable because you end up with a license. Right. Um, family relations is pretty much one of those degrees that it's like without grad school, you can't do much. Um, you could do like youth or kids ministry. You could do case, like case work with like a social welfare organization, mm-hmm. but you're the one that's like running clients, 
you know, to the ER at midnight because you're on call um, yeah. kind of situation. So there's just not, there wasn't much you could do with it. it a lot of people use it as like a precursor to counseling or um, even like an MDiv for things like that. So just because it is a little more marketable than say a youth ministry degree. Um, yeah, I could see that. Like, especially so. at like a non-Christian school, yes. that might be yeah. a good way to go. Um, no, that's that's interesting. So the Bible minor, yes. did you have a a class that like was really enjoyable in that? Like, or a teacher yeah. that you really? I loved? I would say I loved all of my Bible classes. Like, yeah. well, all but like Old Testament exegesis and hermeneutics, but that was like my sophomore year and they gave us a workbook and told us here, go work through it. Um, I took Greek again to my senior year and passed it. So I was capable. Um, I needed to get that F off my transcript before I decided um, to leave Lipscomb for good. But yeah, I, uh, Mark Black and Dr. Goldman were both wonderful. John Mark Hicks. I really enjoyed, um, goodness, what was it that he taught? Systematic biblical doctrine. So looking at like the overarching meta narrative of scripture and um what our place is yeah. in that. Um so yeah, I enjoyed those classes probably more than my family relations classes. Not that my family relations classes weren't helpful and I've actually used a lot of it like in the real world, um, you know, post college, but I really enjoyed a lot of my Bible classes. Yeah. It's almost like part of you wishes you have gone to seminary maybe. I've looked at it actually, like okay. in recent okay. years, like I've looked at getting, um, going back for an MDiv just because like part of me thinks I would like to be like a chaplain in some capacity eventually, like do like hospital chaplaincy. Um, and then part of me just likes to learn in that, you know, vein. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. It's, I enjoyed it a lot. There were some that were rougher. The preaching class, like, that was interesting. It was like me and one other female in there, but it was a requirement. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then I was in it with a bunch of guys that like went on to be actual preachers. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, felt slightly inadequate uh, being yeah. female. And, but I think I still got like a B because it wasn't like they were grading me super hard because no one expected me to go and be a preacher (laughs) yeah and you're just saying there were some guys that were like like gifted at speaking publicly yeah yes yeah i get that and i i do love public speaking now but i think i was like 18 or 19 when i took that class and was terrified yeah so they're like I am a woman in a denomination where women are not supposed to get up and preach yet. I'm in a classroom and I'm going to preach to men. Okay. And a male teacher. (laughs) Right. Makes a ton of sense. um, 100%. A little nervous. (laughs) Well, what about, you got involved a lot in school. I mean, especially sophomore, junior, senior year. And, um, you know, one of the big things that you got involved with is social clubs. Oh, yeah. But before we get there, did you do, was Pi Kappa Sig there? Did you do that? It was. It okay. started, I think it started my freshman year. 
And I did that. And then we also, Arkegos, the first year was my freshman year okay, as well. And so I did both of them. Um, Who'd you get paired with on Arkegos? Uh, Phi Sigma. Oh, okay. So yeah, they did our freshman year. Like, I think it was the only year that Arkegos worked because they had us fill out like this long bio sheet. And then they gave those to the clubs and the clubs like drafted members. And mm. so a lot of us that ended up in like Omicron was the name that also pledged by Sigma the next year. And mm. that was pretty true to like, at least for the girls club. So it was like, I feel like probably it got messed up along the way because some clubs must have not felt like it was like weighted correctly. Yeah. yeah, weighted correctly. Yeah. Um, I do love the idea of of it. I'm not sure how it would fly today since there's yeah. only like there's only a handful of clubs now um, as compared to. I mean, if you think before you came to school, you know, in the like late 90s and everything, there were even more clubs than when yeah. you were there. So um, I like the idea of it. And I think it could be cool to kind of like get to know a club more. You know, I guess yeah. the only way you can is if you get recruited really heavily. Yeah. That's the only yeah. way to know what the club is really like is to like hang with those people. Yes. And I think you and I are both people that like got to know what the club was all about before we got into it. And then I think some people just go out to clubs and like their first time interacting is like at Rush. Yeah. And then they go to the like open Rush, closed Rush, and they get a bid and then they're like, this is what I joined. Like, I don't yeah. even like these people. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, it was, I would say we did, I think we did even a retreat with Vice Sigma when I was in Omicron. So we like, Oh, cool. Really got to know the girls. Um, so it was just made sense when I was a sophomore to jump on in. So. Phi Sigma is so interesting in being able to like, I don't even really feel like they recruit, but yet they do a great job of like securing the girls they want. Yeah. Like with, without, you know, really recruiting them that hard. It's almost like I think about when I was in school, um, you know, with the, the upperclassmen starting to be like the, the Millies and, um, Jesse, um, yeah. Jesse Ray, um, you know, Ashley Portel, like yeah. they just attracted, they were RAs, they were involved on campus and they yeah. just like attracted the Leslie Hilburns and they yeah. attracted like those girls, you know, and yeah. the Katie Callises and all that. It's just like yeah. so interesting how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It helped. I mean, I feel like Phi Sigma had a lot of siblings too. And mm -hmm. so it was like with Jesse and Cassie and then Katie and had her older sister, Jenny pledged with me, um, Rachel and Sarah wise. So we had a lot, like at least when around when I was, there was a lot of sibling sets too. So. Mm -hmm. Now I remember when, uh, my sister was in school back in the, the like nine, three ish. Uh -huh. Um, I feel like she told me Phi Sigma got started not too long after that, like yeah. going into the late nineties and like similar situation people feel today about a club getting started kind of like, ugh, you know, just pledge, you know, one of the ones, yeah. but at that time it was kind of maybe like, Oh, you know, 
you can't get into like our clubs or you're going to start Phi Sigma, you know? So yeah. it's interesting to see how things can change so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the attitudes and stuff. Did uh, any truth to this that you've ever heard? And I don't want to like, uh, I don't want to um, say that when I was told this, it's not true because I don't know. But I have heard that Gamma Lambda was the Phi Sigma back in the day, and they got so big, they couldn't take more big pledge classes. So Phi Sigma got kind of formed out of a need of like, we got to have two similar clubs. I hadn't heard it, but I could believe it. Yeah. Like just some of the girls that I had known in Gamma Lambda, um, it was dwindling mm-hmm. um, when I pledged. But some of the girls that I'd met that were older than me, I could have there could have been some truth to that. I mean, that wouldn't seem too out, like outlandish. Outlandish. Yeah. So Omicron gave you that opportunity to get to know them. Um, were you just pretty sold on it? I mean, um, did you look at any other clubs? No, I didn't look anywhere else. Like it was like five similar, nothing else. Yeah. So if they hadn't have given me a bid, probably would have left Lipscomb. (laughs) Really? Uh, No, probably not. But, I was, I mean, that was kind of like what I'm doing all of, by then I was really good friends with a lot of the girls that had been in Omicron and that I ended up pledging with. Um, and so it would have just felt really weird. Yeah. But I bet, I mean, I bet there wasn't really a chance that they weren't going to give you a bed. I yeah. mean, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> so, so you, that was a natural fit for you. That's what yeah. all your friends were doing. Yeah. Um, did you end up holding office? I did. I did. I was, what was I? I was historian. And then they made up a job for me my senior year because I ran for president and didn't win, but they were like, but you still have to be an officer. So they decided I would be the involvement coordinator, which meant I just did a lot of random stuff. Um, Uh, But I was still an officer. So they still kept me in the meetings. Um, So yeah. It, I took, I also took like at least four little sisters. I think I like tried to think of all of them the other night, but like every semester they were like, we need this many bigs or we're not going to be able to take everybody. And I would be like, oh, okay, I'll do it again. <laughs> yeah. So what's the responsibilities sister. of being a five Sigma big sister? Um, When I was there, it was like, just kind of being like, the comforting presence during some of the pledging events because you know pledging looked a little different um you know almost 20 years ago now (laughs) and um then there was just a lot of presents and food and um dressing them up for kidnap breakfast Mm -hmm. things like that so yeah would you say too and um I'm not, I'm not going to like drone on forever about Phi Sigma. If you're out there listening and like move on. <laughs> um, I would say like at, around your time of Phi Sigma, right before that torch got passed completely to the Millies and the mm-hmm. like hall of fame student involvement people. Like, I feel like from what I know of your age, Phi Sigma was kind of split into like, we have some, we have some people who like to have a good time and, and go out. And then we have, you know, I would say people that you may have hung out yeah. with, which were more of the like, singer cool, like that kind of thing. Any yeah. truth um, to that? 
there might be some truth to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, but I think Phi Sigma almost kind of always had that. Like, yeah. if I think of the girls that were even older than me, I think there was some of that, um, you know, kind of natural division. But we still all, like, everyone still loved each other and still got along for the most part. I think I'm also not one that pays much attention to like a lot of the drama or stuff. I'm kind of was like, I look back now, I'm like, I was blissfully ignorant and that's okay. Um, yeah. So. Well, uh, I was going to ask, so. Oh, the historian thing that makes yeah. sense now with my, my question about you always being like the group picture taker. Yes. Yeah. So, so you had a camera. Yeah. You enjoyed doing yeah. that. Did you put and like scrapbooks together and things like I that? I did. I did. And then, like my senior year, and then like the year after, uh, they had always paid these like party photographers to come, uh -huh. like, and they would take the pictures and then they would charge per picture. And so I figured we figured out that um, I could do that and I could start charging people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, instead of us paying someone else. So I, you know, just knocked the price down and um Michael Bomarito and I even figured out how to do composites yeah. and did composites for a bunch of clubs and I did all the photos and he did all the formatting. Um so I yeah, I really loved doing pictures and stuff. I have not done that much into like adulthood as as often, but I had, you know an early nice digital camera and took With a whole lot of pictures in the corner. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I enjoyed like the, it's, it's fun. You've got a lot of good throwbacks that I can kind of go sneak for <laughs> Instagram. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, you've got some throwbacks of like Delta's eye and stuff like yeah. that, which is cool. Yeah. So. I would say I did their, one of their midnight pictures after that was, I think even after I graduated. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so Singarama was a big thing for you. Yes. You yes. were the director one year. I was. I was. Did you do it all four years? I did. I was. I participated, yeah, the first three years. I think I was like the secretary or something my junior year. So I got to like kind of see some of the inner workings. Uh, but Did you have yeah, background I, in from your, your yes, high school yeah. theater yeah. management? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And honestly, like, I feel like being a singer or drama director, like most of it was delegation. Like I cannot choreograph a dance. I cannot lead singing, but I found people who could. Mm -hmm. um, and so like Alice and Daniel and Robbie Jerkins wrote our script. Um, some other people. Well, I was going to ask you that. So did you want to be involved with the script writing or were you kind of like, I don't even know that that's my thing. Yeah. It was more, I don't care really. Like that's not what I'm good at. You you know, produce something that y'all think is good and right and funny. And as long as it makes sense, let's roll with it. Was so, that, did Fawn also direct that year? I don't, I think Fawn was the year after. Okay. I'm not positive. I think it was myself, Lincoln, and Jenny Grice, I think was her last name. Jenny um, Grice was in Delta Sigma maybe yes yeah that's yeah and i think lincoln yeah because lincoln was said mm -hmm. um did so you think, all win we did, did you, you yeah. did so i mean yeah 
I would say this is a lesson in Singerama directorship. You did not want to be involved yeah, no. in all the things. You just hot. You just you know I, delegated Ryan, out talent. Yes. Yeah. I also had Ryan Smith. He okay. was my assistant director, and he knew a lot of the things and a lot of the people. And so uh, I think he's the one that managed a lot of our singing. Like, and then like Cassie Ray and Emily Jablonski did a bunch of our dances. Um, Rachel Wise did a bunch of our sets. Like Allison Kazanski handled all of our money. Like it was, I, I mean, I just kept things moving. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. gave the pep talks before the shows and made sure we were all in the right place at the right time. So. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you hear about the over-involved director yeah. who's writing the script and critiquing the dances and, you know, getting involved with wardrobe and everything. It's kind of like, oh. Yeah. yeah, I know I'm not good at those things. So as long as they're moving and someone that's like, and I think that's probably the biggest lesson that Singerama taught me that has served me so well in to like the rest of my adult life was that like, if you find people that are good at things and you let them do it, you're going to end up with great results. So, yeah. uh, well, a, a great life lesson that Singerama <laughs> has brought. Did you uh, do mission trips? I did. I went to Scotland my freshman year. Right. Uh, we did like a kids VBS thing, um, and then. I went to Jamaica at least two more years, two years, like my junior and senior year, I think. Um, that was a five sigma trip. And so a lot of five sigma girls went on that one and we went, and I don't, we built a house, I think maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I just got really sunburnt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, did you do SGA? I didn't see it on your LinkedIn. No, didn't no, do I didn't do SGA. I didn't, I was very much Phi Sigma, um, very much. And then, yeah. Well, you were on this thing called the Lipscomb Council on Family Relations. And now that I know you're a family relations major, it kind of makes sense. But like, what what exactly did it look like? What what was involved there? Um, it was kind of a requirement, I think, of our major. Okay. <laughs> and so we did, uh, we did a big conference. I think it was like some kind of father-daughter conference in the arena um and it was like a nationally like a nation nationwide organization that came in and hosted it and we just did a lot of the like logistics for it and so it was like you know we had to handle taking tickets and advertising and making sure the speakers had what they needed and it was like our final like capstone project was hosting this big conference and so it was technically hosted by the Lipscomb council on family relations because I think there's a national council on family relations that we were an affiliate organization of. Like, I think we just actually, like, I read an email that said Lipscomb recently got some kind of accreditation from them again, or for the first time. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really followed it that much, but. Gotcha. Well, um, I guess, you know, senior year comes around for us all. You said you ended up doing a little victory lap, right? A little yes. fifth year yeah. semester. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. I mean, you did, you did kind of try out four different majors. I did. You know, so. It, well, and honestly, the main reason was to repeat that Greek class. So I didn't have an F on my transcript forever. Um, yeah. 
the one demands the Enneagram one demands perfection. Well, sort of. You just want to do it right. You just want to follow the rules. Yeah. I just didn't want an F um, for five credit hours. That was really painful. (laughs) So yeah, I, yeah, I just did one extra semester, which was, it was fun. It was weird. Um, So all my friends had graduated on time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you, you had the interest in learning the Bible and being in ministry. Um, You had the family relations thing. But then you end up going back to get your master's in education at Lipscomb. Did you already kind of know you were going to do that coming out of senior year? No. So I got a job with a nonprofit. uh, Oh, goodness. Students Taking a Right Stand was the name of it. And they did like bullying prevention and stuff in the public school system. Um, And they did it through educational puppetry. Which, you know, the Church Love of Christ it. kids ministry person in me was all on board for that. Uh, wow. But I got a job with them and I really think I made like $21,000 a year. Like, uh-huh. and so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this isn't sustainable. Like, I can't yeah. pay rent on this. Kind of Did <laughs> you get so, to do the puppets though? Um, I don't even think I stayed there that long. Okay. Like, I think I was not even there long enough to get trained on the script <laughs> to do the puppet. <laughs> and it felt a little bit like a joke of a job. Like, wait Look, a second. <laughs> we don't put people on the puppets in, until six weeks in. So Exactly. I was, That's I think so I was fun. there for like three or four months and then they like let their staff off for the summer because schools aren't in session, hmm. but you also don't get paid. And so I was like, well, this isn't sustainable. Like, this isn't going to yeah. work. So um, Lipscomb was starting an accelerated MA program that led to a teacher's license. And um, they were willing to look past my somewhat substellar GPA. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little too social. Um, yeah. That, so, but you um, won Singerama. They got a won Singerama. And I have lots of friends and lots of fun. Um, but, you know, a two point, I had like a 2.8. And so it wasn't exactly like, hey, grad school material everywhere. Um, so they were willing to let me in on like a conditional admission. Um, so I did the accelerated master's program. Which is like eight. one year? It was a year and a half when I okay. did it. And so we did like weekends, one weekend a month, like Friday night, all day Saturday. And then like work in between um and then an entire month of nine to fives in the summer and so um it was an interesting program um it was i think some of their first like foray into non-traditional learners um at lipscomb and so most of the teach most people were out of school obviously out of undergrad Um, Some were teaching full-time, but a lot of us were in other careers and looking to move into education. Um, And so did that taught, student taught at, um, what was it called? Paragon Mills Elementary, which was super diverse. Like I had like 18 kids and eight languages in my classroom. And then out in Smyrna at a school that was like, 
very monolithic, like all English speaking, Caucasian, um, just two very different experiences. Um, it was 2008. Is that purposeful? I don't know if it was, if they were, if like the so education department. It. No, they just said, okay. here, you're going to these places. Okay. And so I did fourth grade at Paragon Mills and then first grade out in Smyrna, which I am not one that's supposed to teach small children. Well, that small of children. Um, I am a little too sarcastic for them, but um, when I graduated, it was 2008. And so it was, you know, major recession. I had a master's degree in zero experience. And so none of the public schools would hire me because I was too expensive. Because um, on the teacher pay scale, they're like, well, we can get a teacher with a bachelor's and pay them less. Yeah. And so and they've national- done the student teaching stuff as same as you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so Nashville Christian, I um, had had an interview there the year before that they ended up not having a position. Like there just wasn't enough students to meet the position um, because they were going to let me teach on a like temporary license because I was about halfway through the program when I interviewed with them. So then the next school year came up and they're like, hey, we've got a fifth grade opening. You know, do you want to come teach here? And it was a great first year teaching experience. Like you hear all the horror stories of first year teachers hating their first job. And I absolutely loved it. Um, I had a wonderful principal. I had like 18 kids in my class and they were all wonderful little gyms. They're now all, you know, in their twenties, which is weird, but, um, yeah, they, is this one, is this one David Vester is the principal? Um, it was like the year after him. Okay. 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 So he had left and, um, my principal's last name was Jennings that I worked under. I don't remember who the upper school people were, but it was a great, it was just a nice small community. I had never like private schools aren't a thing here in Kansas city. Like you've got a two, there's more now than there had been. When I was growing up, there were like two Christian schools and a handful of Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like you didn't have any, like, it's not like Nashville where you turn around and you're running across another private school. Um, well, and here it's, it's more like about the tier of the yes. private school. Oh my goodness. Like, yes. Do you go to Innsworth or yes. MBA or do you yes. go to like Ezel Harding? Yeah. Uh, shout out to our, shout out to Lipscomb alum, Rachel Good principal out at Ezel Harding. Um, but Ezel Harding is definitely not as expensive. Yeah, as, no, exactly. You know, yeah, it, a, I mean, that's, even a Lipscomb Academy, you know, yeah. so. That's here too. We have like Kansas City. Nowadays, there's like Kansas City Christian, which is where I've got a couple of friends whose kids go there where it's like anywhere from eight to $10,000 a year, depending on how old your kid is to like Timbrook Hill, which is just down the street where it's like, Oh, $24,000 for your first grader. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's like yeah. college, college yeah. age. Um, so great experience there. And, uh, that was, I guess your first experience. I mean, ex- extensively being in a, in a Christian K through 12, cause you went to public yeah. high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, and it was a fun, like marrying of my, like, kids ministry background. Cause I worked, um, all of my summers when I was at Lipscomb, I worked at North Lake Church of Christ in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I spent my summers doing youth and kids ministry there. Um, I still go back every summer and help with their camp, but, um, it, so it was a great, like combining of things I loved. So I got to teach about Jesus, but I got to teach kids and it was all day, every day. And there were positions available because honestly, when I graduated, there weren't Fight and 